Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good morning to those in the world that are not of Christ. Now, this episode, or segment, whatever you want to call it, um, is going to be called The Little Man. And the reason why I'm going to call it The Little Man is because in society, in today, in 23, and maybe for the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, I wouldn't say back in the 50s, because people were of a total different calibre back then, but people today in 23 are very vicious and vindictive. And the reason why I'm calling this a little man is because there's lots of little men on this earth. And they, they call little men syndrome, small man syndrome. They also call it Napoleon syndrome. And they reckon that Napoleon was such a short man that pretty much the reason why he conquered Europe was because he's so short. And his insecurities of his shortness and amongst everything else that's short. You know, that's why he had this attitude problem. Um, but don't forget, Napoleon was conquered by the English and many other allies. So, um, so sadly in our society today, we have people that have this small man syndrome um, and everything else about them is small. And they want to take that out on people. And you see it in all walks of life. I mean, when I was in the military, you'll get guys that are short and they just, they've all got an attitude about them in general. I mean, I know one guy that's actually, um, I was in accommodation before where I live now and uh, he was a, he was the uh, accommodation manager. Um, he's a lovely guy and he was short, probably one of the shortest guys I've met here in the northeast of England. But he didn't have an attitude problem. He was completely content with who he was. He had nothing to prove and he was just a decent guy. He's ex-army. Um, I think he was a sergeant or a colonel sergeant, I can't remember what he was doing now. Um, but he was in the army for a number of years and he was just a nice guy. And you can see why when he ran the establishment, it worked. I mean, all right, some of the things he did were wrong. That's probably why it came to an end eventually after 30 years, whatever the reasons. But he was quite short and I'll say I'm six foot six. He was at least maybe five, seven, five, eight, you know, and in the man's terms, that's quite short. Um, maybe he was shorter than that. I don't know, but I never measured him, obviously. Um, but there's also another person I know that's my half sister and she's got a fella um, and he's, he's, you can see that he's had problems with his height all of his life, but you know, God loves you for who he's made you to be. But sadly in our society, you've got people now that are so vicious and vindictive and jealous of what you are and what you've done. And there are small men everywhere. Um, where I live, there's a small man. You know, and he takes out his smallness on everyone else. You know, he thinks that his behavior, he thinks that his so-called um, attitude is acceptable, but it's just a coward, you know, and he just goes out of his way to deliberately upset people. And I've been told this by other members of the neighborhood. Um, a previous tenant's father told me all about this individual, you know, and he seems to think that his behaviour is acceptable, but in our society, they seem to think it's just turn a blind eye to it, that it is acceptable. It's not. It's, it's just all it basically is is a coward. That person is a coward. Um, they're not worth the time and effort. They're not worth the air they breathe. You know, you could say, well, what's this got to do with Christianity? Well, first of all, you know, when you look at the Bible and you look at all the men from the Old Testament to the New, they probably range in different heights and sizes, but God didn't judge them on their height and size. You know, God wants us to be honourable and caring to one another. That's his first and second commandment. Love you, love me with all your heart, soul and might and love your neighbour as yourself. Clearly, this person has no love for anyone. He's just so riddled with insecurities in himself. I mean, the list I could literally pull out on a hat right now. The stuff that I've been shown and the stuff that he displays. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of things about, you know, I was told this a few months ago that men are really insecure when they've got wear glasses. Well, I don't really agree with that because I know lots of people that have do wear glasses and they're not insecure with it. But imagine if you're a short guy wearing glasses or you're a short guy that's got a very small manhood down there, you know, um, your insecurity is going to blow out of proportion because society now in social media, right, the pressures are on men. I mean, we were talking about this the other week. The pressure that's on men now is just catastrophic. And there was a, um, a woman who wanted to be a man, so she became a transgender. So she went from being a woman to a man in the lifestyle man and all the bits and pieces that went with it. But then she wanted to go back to being a woman again because she realised how much pressure men are under. This is not, it's not the same sort of thing I'm talking about here. What I'm going on about is that the reason why I mentioned this as a small man is because even big men can act like small men on the inside and it covers a range of things. So like being a man is about being in charge, about taking control, leadership, honour, respect. You know, it's about looking after the women. It's about looking after your children. You know, it's about leading the family. You know, being a short man, that's going to be difficult because of your height and all this stuff because in the society we live in today, having size and build is quite important to society. Look at all the narcissistic behaviour you get on Instagram. I mean, I was only um, saying yesterday, I was in the gym and uh, I was just finishing my workout and in the corner was a girl and she was taking photos of herself in the mirror. Like, and the way she was standing, I'm just thinking, what are you doing? You know, and this is what people do. Men and women, they take their photos of themselves to make themselves look good on Instagram. It's all about following a legacy. I just think it's really sad. People like that are really sad. Because you can see how insecure they are on the inside. You know, there's an old-fashioned saying. I think it was a French one. It said, beautiful things don't need attention. So beautiful things don't need attention. You know? If you're beautiful, why do you need attention from everyone? If you know you're beautiful and you're confident, you don't need attention from anyone. So I don't need attention from anybody. I don't care what your opinions are of me. Right? If you don't like me, move on. That's my attitude. Right, but I don't go around upsetting people because I'm jealous of you. I've never been jealous of anyone in my life. Why would I be? It's just stupid. It's like in my Christian ministry. I've been given what I've been given by God, right? But if I know someone else who's got the gift of healing or the gift of uh, prophecy or gift of something, I'm not going to get jealous of that. Well, good for you, mate. But remember, the kingdom's all about God. It's not about you. But you see so many pastors today and evangelists and they're taking on these massive ministries and look at me and look what I've done and I've met guys that have gone, look, I've planted all these churches and I've done this and I've done that. No, you've done nothing, pal, because it's God who does it through you. You're just a vessel that's willing. You see? So these people are very sad indeed. And um, I feel sorry for the small man because it's the small man that will suffer in the end. You know, I mean, I've, I'm, thank, thank the Lord you know, all my life, I'm a big, tall, powerful guy, you know, um, and I thank him for that. And I've never gone around in my life to deliberately upset people because of jealousy. You know, to deliberately go out of your way to try and upset someone and make their life a misery because you're so pathetic and insecure. But this is what you get. This is what you get in society today. People like this. And to what means, I don't understand what you think you're going to achieve because they haven't got the ability to stand in your face and tell your face. They run off and hide behind their doors and hide behind um, people. And like I said, there's one individual that I know of that lives locally, right, that does this. And he just, he goes and stirs trouble up and then runs off and tells a pack of lies. Do you remember the old story about the, um, the boy that cried wolf? Well, we know how that story ended. Right? And eventually it all catches up to you. This is why I say to people, right? 
people breaking the law, eventually the law catches up with you. Right? You're not going to get away with it forever. And if, say, if you did on this earth, when you die, you're going to go before my Lord in heaven. And you're going to answer for everything. This notion that people won't answer and it's all about love and you're just going to waltz on in. No, it doesn't work like that. The Muslims believe that. No, it's not going to happen like that. You're going to be judged for what you've done if you're not with Jesus. If you're with Jesus, you don't get judged by the great white throne judgment. You get judged by him. Right? And he examines how you've walked your life with him. Right? But no one escapes. Everyone's saying, I've met Christians that seem to think they're going to escape everything. You're not going to escape nothing. Your wicked deeds are going to be exposed. The Bible says this. Everything you've done will be exposed. Everything you've said and done and thought will be exposed. Imagine that. Imagine you being a non-believer going before God, right? And every aspect of your life, from the age of accountability as a young boy, all the way through to your 60s, every thought, every act, every deed you did will be exposed. And then you're going to stand there and pick an argument with the creator of the universe. I mean, come on. You've got to be pretty stupid to believe that, you know, but people are stupid. That's the bottom line. It says that in Proverbs 12. You know, the people are stupid and foolish and so on. So, you know, I've got a great deal of love and respect for people, regardless if they think that or not. Um, I'm very direct and I'm honest, but deep inside people that know me that I'm very loving and caring. I'm a man's man. That's what my granddad used to say. You're a man's man, son. You know, and today we're in short supply of men that are men right they're like soy boys they're cowards they hide behind their women they hide behind fences and doors they hide behind everything thinking that their behavior is acceptable but the law will come crashing down on them eventually you know and like i said if the law doesn't because of technicalities and how weak and woke the law is now in the uk my lord is going to deal with them that's the end of it you know you know you, my lord is going to deal with all the people out there so for you brothers and sisters in christ if you know of someone who's a short small man Right, because women don't suffer with this. I mean, I've never come across a woman that suffers with her height. You know, I've never come across this before. You get short women, but they don't care. I suppose they've got other things about them, you know, their looks and their body and whatever. That's what their insecurities are about. But I've never come across a woman that suffers with this, so I won't mention the women on this. But it's always the men, right? And everywhere you go, you go in the gym, you get a short ass man. And when I say short ass, I'm six foot six, so you've got a guy that's like five six, five seven, and he's really insecure. You know, I treat everyone the same. I don't look at you as your height. But you can see it pouring off them that they're intimidated and they're, they're offended by your size. The woke left, I've heard all these stories about the woke left literally saying to people, straight males, that you being straight offends me or you being tall and masculine offends me. What, because that because you're a soy boy? God didn't make you to be a soy boy. Social media's done that. But the fact is, why are you so hateful? Right? It's like the vegans versus people that eat meat and i said to vegans before if you want to be a vegan then be a vegan and be brainwashed but don't come after me someone who eats meat right because you're a bit of a hypocrite really because the vegan diet is very bad for you right and also these soy products and all these products you make are really bad for the environment and i can pull them to pieces all day long but what i don't do is like when i say to a vegetarian well you only eat meat and you only eat eggs and milk right meat's good for you i don't shove that down their throat it's a choice but this is what we live in today it's like the oil, um, stop oil people, right? Going around the streets of England causing mayhem. You don't, do you realise what you're doing? You're not actually going to achieve anything. You're going to create more hatred and people are going to be more persistent on buying oil. And they realise that now. But this is moronic people for you. This is, it's almost like there's a disease on this earth right now in the West that people have become more dumb and more moronic as time goes on. Especially the short man. But like I said... God loves you for how he's made you. So there's um, a new film come out. Um, it's a big thing in America right now. 
um, and I can't remember what it's called. It's got Jimmy Calvez in it. It's a big one right now. And it's about the um, the uh, trafficking of children around the world. It's really bad and Hollywood's been exposed. You know, and they say that all these children are God's children. No, they're not. Because even though they're made in the image of God and they're born into the world, they're actually come under the, uh, the, the authority of another king which runs this world. And it's not God. God runs the universe. So Satan runs this world. He's the king of this world. And that happened at the beginning of the fall. But his time's coming to an end. So these children that technically belong to him. That's why they come under. And I, know, I don't want to get into the politics of this and the depthness of it. But God, if the child dies, it goes to heaven. Right? The age of accountability could be any age. It could be from the age of five um, to ten. It could be eight years old. It could be ten years old. It depends how your mental state operates. God is a judge, right? It's because we in the world, you know, mankind has conquered man, right? Man has conquered man. And this is why the world's in so much chaos, because of mankind's greed, right? I don't want to sort of differ too far off of this, but what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, everyone is made in God's image, right? But you only become God's child when you give your life to Jesus. You're adopted son of, or daughter of God into God's kingdom because you choose to walk away from evil and become his child in righteousness, right? God loves them children and God will save every one of them. If they die, they go to heaven. The people that are responsible for that trafficking around the world. If you look it up, there's a new movie right now in America and it's uh, Hollywood doesn't want people seeing it because it, Mel Gibson and Jimmy Calvez are going to expose the wickedness of what's going on in Hollywood. It's pure evil, pure evil. You know, and this is what's going on in the West. You know, and you can guarantee there's small men in high and personality that run, run and control all of this. You know, so I just thought I'd do this because you know, like I said, there's a particular individual in the area that's a very short person, and he's a very vicious, vindictive little man. You know, he he likes to uh, molest the women and upset women. You know, he likes to uh, go out of his way and cause alarm and distress. Um, you know, and he thinks it's acceptable. I mean, for someone who's done in his background, he should be totally ashamed. I've got a friend of mine who's done 22 years in the army. Um, uh, he works over in Sedgefield, um, very high up, linked to special forces a lot, you know. And he said, Steve, he's just a total disgrace to his regiment. A total disgrace. When you, I mean, all this tri-service business that we all should be brother in arms. No, this person didn't even do the amount of time worthy in the military. You know, when you look at this person's background, and I've checked them out, you know, it's a total disgrace. It's just all small man syndrome. You know, oh, I've got a big personality in a small body. Well, no, you haven't. You've got a scumbag personality, a coward, you know, a loser. And, you know, the Bible talks about people like this. When you read the Bible, there's many examples of this. Emperor Nero was a vicious, vindictive, nasty person who was the emperor of Rome. He burned Christians alive. He burned people and tortured them alive. That's the same personality of this individual. Nasty, vicious, someone who hides behind doors, starts up trouble. Like I said about the, the boy that cried wolf. You know, he'd go out crying wolf all the time, thought it was funny, but in the end, when he cried wolf for the last time, we know what happened, don't we? You know, the wolves devoured him, and that's what will happen eventually. he get devoured, all because of his uh, small man syndrome. You know, his, uh, and I think a lot of it is down to, you know, like, like I mentioned about people who, you know, uh, have got disabilities, you know, being small, you know, all reflects on that person. Um, but like I said, as a man of God, I've got a lot of respect and love and tolerance for all people. I don't go out of my way to be a pain just because I'm jealous and I don't get jealous, you know. So I hope this individual amongst many individuals in the world 
that suffer with this, I hope that you find peace and I really hope that you repent of your sin because your behaviour is being recorded as we speak. You won't get away with anything. And being a child, me being a child of the Most High, and I am a son of the Most High, there's no one higher than him, I am a son of the Most High, saved by the blood of the Lamb, right? And I'll tell you this right now, everyone who comes against me is going to answer. Every single person who comes against me in this world, in the Spirit, will answer. It's as simple as that. And I say this to people, if you belong to God in the name of Jesus, you're a daughter or son, you belong to the Most High. Anything that comes against you is going to answer. And God has told me in the Spirit, he's going to take care of it. You know? And uh, that could be via any means. I remember a guy many, many years ago took the, uh, took, um, made fun of my faith down in Middlesbrough, which is about 40 miles from me. And this guy ran a business, you know, and he thought he was clever taking advantage and taking the minty out of it. And I just laughed it off in front of customers in his shop. Well, when I went back, went back six months later, right, his business was just literally dest nearly destroyed. He was nearly destroyed. Remember his family killed himself, you know, and, and it just, the Lord said to me, those who come against me, okay, sorry, those who come against my family will answer to me. And the Bible says that, you know, don't even go there. Don't touch my anointed. There's a scripture in the Old Testament about those who touch God's anointed. You know, he will crush it. Because you, it's like going back, if you go back over a thousand years ago, or maybe not as long as that, but if say if a king of this country, or king of a country, sends out an ambassador, right? That ambassador has all the authority and power of the king. And if you touch that ambassador, you will come under the full wrath of that king, right? And the army that comes with it. So just remember that, you know? And this ain't no mucking about. Like I say to the Muslims, they, they're scared of jinns. I'm not scared of a jinn, that's a demon. I have full authority over demons. Jesus gave me that in Mark 10, 18. I have full authority over Satan and his demons. What that means is in my life, Satan and his demons cannot come anywhere near me whatsoever. I command them out in the name of Jesus, they have to go. Now, if you're a non-believer and you're not a Christian, Satan can do what he wants with you because you're in his kingdom, you're his child. You know, and you know, when I walk around and meet people on a daily basis, and sometimes you meet some decent people that are not Christians, you know, and, and like yesterday I met a couple in a shop, and they were really nice people, you know, and they, and they know what's going on in this country right now, but he wasn't saved, and we got on really well. But, you know, Satan will probably never touch him. He'll say to his demons, don't ever touch that man, because I know he will never go to Jesus, but he will go where I'm going. So there are people on this earth that Satan will never touch or harass, because he knows where they're going. Um... But, you know, I think, you know, when people are vicious to other people, I think it's an inwardly thing from their childhood all the way through to their adulthood. And they've never dealt with that because I think that's cowardice, really. You know, like, in my childhood, it was quite rocky, and like many people's. But I don't take that out on other people. I don't go out of my way trying to be nasty just because of my childhood or because I'm not getting what I want. I mean, you know, like, I know people in the military, the police and so on, you know, and they and they said to me, you know, Steve, if I had a problem with you, I'll sit down with you man to man and work this out. That's what men do, but this individual's not a man. So he does what he does because he's a coward, you know. Do I have mercy for him? Yes, I do. Because the punishment and the suffering that's waiting for him when he dies and shuts his eyes for the last time is horrendous. It, it literally sends, it, it can make me cry in tears because the punishment that's waiting for people in hell and in the lake of fire for your wickedness is you never get out. Once you're in, you're in. See, a Catholic will tell you, you've got a purgatory. No, purgatory doesn't exist. That's a Catholic made up um, um, belief. There's no standing in it at all. That's basically a safety net above hell. No, you go to hell. Hell is a prison. 
you will be held there until judgment day. End of. Right? Judgment day, you're found guilty, you are thrown in the lake of fire. That is it, you're forgotten. You are thrown to the lake of fire with everything else that's evil, the fallen angels, Satan, they all go in there, right? And you're forgotten. And just to imagine that, just to picture that you're alive in your spirit forever. Your soul doesn't die, right? It goes on forever down there. That is just terrifying. That's why you have so much mercy for people. You don't even want your worst enemy to experience that. Um, there was a story of a guy in Afghanistan. He was a soldier in the US Army and he was a Christian. Anyway, they, they did this um, attack on this, um, this village and they were captured. Two of them were captured by ISIS. Now, when they got back to their camp blindfolded, they were tortured and beaten. And at the end of this three-month period, he said, I still love all of you. And they couldn't believe after what they had done, these Muslims, what they had done to them, torture, that this guy still had love for them. And one of these ISIS guys saw Jesus and he gave his life to Jesus. It was an amazing testimony of what he had done. And he, and he said that love that you felt from God was just so powerful that all of his life, as a child, he was brought into ISIS. He was trained to hate, to hate, to hate, to hate, to hate, to kill, to kill, to kill the white person, to kill the uh, anyone who was against Islam, right? But then he always knew in his heart that this was wrong, but he was told to do it. And he said he became a very good killer because he knew how to kill people. And he, he said his flesh enjoyed it, you know? And when soldiers, when people say that soldiers don't enjoy killing, that's a lie. It's like when you kill an animal or you race a motorbike at high speed, it's adrenaline, it's good fun. But, you know, not to everyone, but the fact is, right, it's the part of the fallen flesh. So it was the main testimony to see this guy. And he said, when God brought me out of all that hatred and all that anger, right, there was complete peace in his heart. Like this individual on my street, there's no peace in his heart. When I look at him, I just feel sorry for him. It's just full of anger and hatred and um, wickedness and deviousness and viciousness to go out of his way to think that his behavior is acceptable you know you think about all the men that died in the second world war and what they fought for what would they say to someone like him you're disgusting pal you're a disgrace to the regiment you're a disgrace to the armed forces your behavior is totally unacceptable but we live in a society today of cowards people that have no respect for anybody right and this is what happens in 23 now People, most people in society are cowards inwardly. So how can a coward be exposed for being a coward? Because most people are cowards. And that's a sad truth. Not everyone, but the majority. And But if you went back 60, 70 years ago and you were labelled as a coward, you lose your job. You lose respect from everyone in the street. You lose respect from everything. Right? You go back 100 years ago, if you were labelled as a coward and you were an officer in the British forces, you would lose your lands, you would lose your, um, your title, your family would suffer... That's how severe they saw it as. Not today in 23. No one cares. Because who cares? If you, who cares if you tell lies? Who cares if you do crime? Who cares if you do this? You'll see one person tell the police about that person doing crime. But behind the scenes, they're doing crime. Well, talk about hypocrite. Yeah. Honestly. It's like people that were once police. Right? And they're now living in, they're retired from it, and they're living in society causing crime. And you, you blag to everyone, oh, I was a police officer, I was a police officer. Yeah, but you're a hypocrite, pal, because now you're, you're committing crime. You think it's funny. So it's just so stupid. There's no honour whatsoever left now, anywhere. It's a total disgrace to those men that died in the First and Second World War. No matter where you are in the world, just think about those people that died for freedom. And then see how, what their lives they gave, and the people that suffered, the women and children that suffered all around the world. Right? The Falklands War, the men that died in that, the British soldiers that died in that. What would they say to people like now? They'd be disgusted, they'd spit on you. You're not even worth the you're not even worth the air to speak. 
So this is a situation where, when the Bible talks about this, the Bible, the Bible is all about honour. When you read it in Revelations 22, 21, 22, God talks about cowards will not enter the kingdom of God, liars, blasphemers, curses, and so on. But he's all about honour. You look from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about honour, respect, love, and care. God honours those who honour him. God honours the man who has honour and respect for everyone else and cares about everyone else. This is what God's, man's trait of God's love, sorry, God loves those traits in men and women, you know. He does not honour a coward. He does not honour the liars. He does not honour those who um, betray other people. He does not like those who go out their way to cause wickedness. Proverbs 6 verses 16 to 19. Right, there are six things that God hates, but one is an abomination, which is number seven, right? And if you're interested to know what that is, read that. Proverbs 6, verses 16 to 19, right? And these things, I mean, the, the book of Proverbs is uh, through King Solomon, from God through King Solomon. And Proverbs is known as a book of wisdom. Um, and it's amazing, but when you read it, the first five chapters is powerful, really powerful God is literally talking to you and it's amazing any man who's got wisdom will accept that and love it but if you're dumb and stupid like the particular individual I know on the street in the neighbourhood um, you just look at that and because he's so stupid he wouldn't take it in you might be thinking to yourself how can a Christian say this well first of all as a Christian evangelist I don't particularly care about the opinions of people I care about what my law says in heaven and the Bible says people are stupid Proverbs 12 so when you read that the Bible says that people are stupid and when you type in English dictionary what that means is, is that they're, they're, they're moronic they're, um, they're foolish they're hypocrites you know these people if, you, if they were convicted of a crime they would believe that they've been set up. So even though the police have got complete evidence, they've been convicted in a court, they will still believe they're innocent. That's how moronic and stupid they are. They might have got that bit mixed up there, but being moronic and stupid pretty much the same thing. But you can't explain these things to a stupid person. That's the end of it. So. But to finish off, God loves you no matter what height you are, where you're from, what colour you are. He doesn't care what colour you are. You know, where you're from, what height you are, what disabilities you've got. You know, he loves you for how he's made you. And sadly, because of the fall at the beginning, people that have disabilities, he didn't make you like that. That's just part of the fall. But he has a rescue plan that everybody on this earth, most people I've met, are fear death. And the ones who say they don't fear death, they fear it the most. You know, and the fact is, we're all going to shut our eyes for the last time. But God wants to comfort you and he wants all of us in heaven with him. You know? He wants all of us to be in heaven with him. And all you have to do is repent to his son, Jesus. If you don't repent, you'll go to hell. You, your works and your, your faith in pagan gods is not going to save you. Because Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, the rest of them, is all works-based salvation. It's basically turn your back on the truth and doing your works to be nice and smile at people and you're going to go to heaven. No, you won't. You'll go to hell. You've got to turn around to God, look him, look up, look up at him and say, I repent for what I've done. Yes, I am a liar. I am this. I am that. I repent of it. Please forgive me. So, all right, I forgive you. Because that's honourable. He sees that you turn around, took responsibility, which most people don't do. And this particular individual certainly doesn't do that. He's a finger pointer. He will never take responsibility for his wrongdoings. So, um... That's the bottom line, and this is what people are like. And God will honour those who honour him. And if you take responsibility, he'll forgive you. If you don't, and your finger point, you'll say, just get on with it. You're right? And you're just, basically, you're just going to walk straight into hell. So, I want to pray. 
Lord, I want to pray for the people out there that are small in character, Lord, small in, in their flesh, Lord. That, Father, you love them no matter what size or build or whatever you made them to be, Lord, that you love what you've created. I pray for peace in these people's hearts, Father. I pray that people will listen. I pray that, Lord, when you reach out to these people's hearts and convict them through this recording, Lord, that they reach out to you and repent. That, Lord, the peace that you've given me as a person, Lord, and the peace that you've given to many people in this world, Father, throughout the times, the peace that could go into these people's hearts. The Lord, it doesn't matter what size you are, what height you are, what build you are. When I came to you, Lord, nearly seven years ago, Lord, I stopped going to the gym instantly because I felt I had nothing to prove to anyone. That's the peace I had in my heart, that you accepted me for who I was in my flesh. Even though the flesh is an enemy of you, Lord, that you're interested in my soul, in me, the person, Steve Prentice. That's who you're interested in, Lord. And I pray that, Lord, you show this to these people that suffer with these conditions, Father. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, for your love to be poured out on all these people, Lord. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. God bless you all. Bye.